Hello, hello, and welcome to the Sustainably Healthy Podcast. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your week. I have a good episode for you, a little bit more informative, not so much mindset-based today. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about macros, and, you know, quite a few of you guys have reached out to me. This is a very common um, question that I see a lot. Um, It's basically, how can I calculate or how do I know if my macros are set correctly? I've had a lot of people come out to me come up to me, excuse me, um, or message me and ask me, hey, can you calculate my macros one time? Or hey, can you just make this adjustment for my macros? Um, I've even had people sign up for my program just to get a one-time macro adjustment and then they're like, okay, I don't need you anymore. And it's just like, okay, well, you don't understand how macros work. Um, So I thought it would be kind of kind of important for me to share with you all my formula, my process. I'm going to simplify it a little bit more. I do have a little bit of a different um, process that I do with my one-on-one clients, but uh, for the sake of beginners, like obviously those of you who are listening have not had the gone through the educational courses, nutrition courses, courses that I've gone through. Um, and so I'm not going to just, I'm not going to overcomplicate it and be like, well, if you need to, if your body is metabolically adapted and um, it, blah, 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 I'm not going to walk you through my whole nutrition course, okay? <laughs> um, if that's what you're looking for, I highly recommend um, joining a nutrition course. I have, I've, I still continue my education. Um, I am not sponsored by them, but I really enjoy the nutrition course uh, by NCI, Nutrition Coaching Institute. Um, They just really, if you are a nutrition coach listening to this or somebody interested in learning more about nutrition, they have a really awesome course that um, they basically walk you through how to coach someone while learning the nutrition side of things. And so um, if you're interested in nutrition coaching, um, (laughs) that's something that I recommend. Um, I got a lot out of that course and... Um, I apply it to my clients. But for the regular, just kind of um, general population, when it comes to calculating your macros, I think it's something that a lot of people need to know. I think everyone needs to know what macros are because, you know, I've talked to quite a few people as a nutrition coach and they're like, oh, all you do is track macros or all you do is teach people how to track macros or no, I'm not going to... I'm not going to join your program because I don't want to track my food. Tracking my food is obsessive. And so um, I'm just going to kind of just break it down for you. Um, And no, you don't have to track your macros to see amazing results. There's a lot of people who've done it without tracking macros. But I do think it's important to know what macros are. I do think it's important to know how much it's it's very difficult to to change something, say for instance, if you want to change the number on the scale or you want to change the numbers of your weights going up in the gym, it's important to know how much, um, where you're at, right? It's important to measure. You can't change what you can't measure. So if you're just kind of like going, doing things without really keeping, taking account of it where you're at right now, um, then it's going to be really difficult to know if you're making progress or how to make progress or what to make progress on. And so that's basically what macro tracking is, is it's not obsessive. It's just a form of measurement to know how much you're currently consuming and how much you should be consuming in order to reach your specific goals. Now, there are a lot of circumstances where maybe you feel like it is time consuming and it's overwhelming and it's annoying and trust me I feel that way. I haven't tracked my food in probably well over a year now um, because I 
got to a point where I did develop a bad relationship with it. I started to get obsessive with the numbers and I looked at it in a wrong way. And so I had to take some time, um, not only with macro tracking, but I had to take some time away from wanting to lose weight. Um, if you're somebody who struggles with, with any sort of like all or nothing mentality and you've been tracking your food for a while and you just feel like, you know, you're, you're obsessed, always thinking about food or always thinking about the number on the scale going down or always thinking about how much you weigh or wanting to lose weight or wanting to change. Um, and it's getting to the point where it just becomes exhausting. And that's all you've ever done is think about how much weight you need to lose or wanting to change something about yourself, wanting to change your physique. If, if it's been a really long time, I encourage you to take a break, take a break from dieting, take a break from wanting to lose weight and find a different goal for right now. Find a different goal maybe join a different gym, um, try something new, try rock climbing and get really good at that or, or join, you know, a weightlifting gym. Kind of like I talked about, that's why I joined CrossFit. I don't go to CrossFit to lose weight. I go to CrossFit because I want to lift heavier and learn more about the technique and, um, things like that. And so those are definitely different goals that you can work towards without stressing so much about, um, tracking your food. Now, if you have specific goals like, losing a specific amount of weight or you want to participate in a CrossFit competition or even a bodybuilding competition and you have very specific goals um then that's where tracking macros comes in because you know where your you know where your starting point is and you know how much fuel you need to get to that point and for many people listening your goals you do have specific goals you want to see that scale drop now most of you have you want to sustain it right it's all about sustainably healthy and some of you listening you may be at a point where you have lost the weight and now you're learning to find that balance right um and so That'll be probably another podcast for another day is how to come off of tracking macros if you're interested in that, um, how to wean off. I know it sounds really bad, um, but how to stop tracking your macros without totally falling off the deep end. Um, if you're interested in a podcast episode on that, um, let me know because I would I will definitely just plan that one out for you and share with you how I stopped tracking macros, how I got over the all or nothing mentality when it comes to tracking macros. And it's not just completely stopping um, because if you're somebody who's been tracking for a long period of time um, and you just completely stop tracking or you have that kind of mentality where when you're not tracking, you're free, there is a way to... (laughs) to mindfully come off of tracking. And that's usually what ha- what I work with my clients with once they reach that third phase of their journey. So if, you ha- if you've if you listened to any of my podcast episodes before, I went over like the three phases of um, of what I, what I do when I work with a one-on-one client. It starts off with, it's dependent on the person, but it really starts off with if you're a beginner um, or if you are a chronic dieter, um, we really start off with focusing on that foundation, right? Building those sustainable habits, the sustainable seven. We really f- take it, really focus on those. So it's not so much, you know, hitting your macros perfectly. It's more of making sure you're getting enough protein in, making sure you have those habits down. Your sleep is good, reducing as much stress as possible because it's important for your body to be prepared for a fat loss phase. Um, and so that's really phase one is you're just preparing yourself. You're preparing your mind, you're preparing your body um, and you're just priming your metabolism, preparing your metabolism for fat loss. And so that's what phase one is all about is that learning phase is what I call it, (laughs) building the foundation, focusing on the sustainable seven. Once you have those sustainable seven habits down, 
that's when we dial it in and that's whenever I really recommend tracking your macros for the most accurate, um, for the more, most accuracy and to make sure that, you know, we're, we're reaching those goals in that shorter period of time. Now, I'm not about, I'm not, I'm not somebody who promotes quick fixes by all means, and this isn't necessarily a quick fix, but diets shouldn't last for a long period of time. You should not have to diet. And when I say diet, when I use the term diet, I mean eat um, in a calorie deficit. So you're burning more calories than you're consuming. Now that is stress on your body. So your body has to be ready for that. If you want to lose weight, that's that's fact. You have to be in a calorie deficit, but your body is not made to be in a calorie deficit for a long period of time or else your body does this thing called um, adapt, metabolic adaptation. I said I wasn't going to go over this, but I guess it kind of pertains to the, to the, um, to the topic of the day. Um, anyways, and so in phase two, I make sure, or I encourage you if you're doing it on your own to make sure that your body is ready. So you're what I call, uh, you're, you know, you have those sustainable seven habits down. Um, but I also look for what I call biofeedback measures. So your sleep quality is good. Um, your hunger levels are at a good level. You're not like feeling incredibly full or you're not overeating. Um, you're in a good place mentally, right? Your mood's good. Um, you don't have a lot of stress in your life going on. Like you've got to be ready for this fat loss phase um, as much as possible. Now I'm not saying you're never going to experience stress, but um, like I said, you got to be ready for phase two. And phase two is where we really execute, right? Execute on that fat loss goal. Try to try to be a little bit more, um, I guess, suppose not necessarily strict, but just a little bit more dialed in during this time. Um, but keeping in mind that this is not for a long period of time. It's just to get that weight off, reach that goal. Um, and then once you reach that goal or your body has gotten to a point where you've hit a plateau, now a plateau is again, another topic for another day to know if you're in a true plateau. But um, once you've gotten to that point, that's whenever we start to phase into phase three, where you start to slowly come out of tracking your food. And so what we do is instead of... so in your phase two, you're in a deficit, right? You're in a calorie deficit. So you're um, burning more calories than you consume for that period of time. And as you lose weight, you might need to decrease calories a little bit more to stay in that deficit. Now it's very dependent. But um, as you phase into phase three, once you've hit a certain point where you've lost, you've reached your goal weight, or you are in a plateau and your body's ready to come out of a diet, you need to slowly increase your calories. Don't just jump them up to maintenance calories, right? You got to slowly increase them to avoid that weight gain. And so slowly working your calories up until you get to a point where your weight um, is remaining the same. This is what I call reverse dieting. So the best way to do it is to track your food. Um, and then once you hit that maintenance calories, once you've worked your calories up to a point where your um, biofeedback is good. So once again, you're getting, you're gaining more strength, you're um, maybe even building muscle at this point, you have more energy, um, you are just starting to see the, the positivity out of this and you're maintaining the weight that you, you've lost, um, then we can start to implement some more untracked days. Now, during that execute phase, I do with my clients implement uh, a few untracked days depending on the person and where they're at. And, you know, if they have events coming up, I encourage them to take a untracked day or a refeed day is what we kind of call it. Um, but once we reach that exit or the evolve phase, the third phase, after you've 
cut and you've reached that goal, um, we'll start to implement more and more untracked days. Now, untracked days are not free-for-all cheat days, right? These are more, okay, let's start to put to, te let's test what you've learned. Let's put this to the test. The ultimate test is, do I need to track my food or do I need someone, you know, watching what I'm eating in order for me to make those good food choices that are serving me, right? Now, I'm not saying you can't have a fun foods or overindulge every once in a while, but are you prioritizing protein at every meal? Are you eating enough fiber on your own without, this is what I call mindfully eating, you've you've educated yourself for the first two phases, right? And you've gotten to a point where you're mindfully eating um, and you're making intentional food choices that serve you. You're like, okay, I know that this food is going to make me feel good. I'm going to have more energy in the gym. I know that this food, it has more protein, so it's going to help me repair my muscle tissue. And I know that this piece of cake also tastes delicious and it's not going to make or break my progress if I have one piece of cake every once in a while. And so you're getting to that point where you're feeling, you ha you're you're, you're healing that relationship with food you're feeling good about your food choices and you're making food choices that serve you so that's what the third phase is all about is maintaining the weight that you've lost but also finding that balance um and it's it's a process right and so that's what i do with my one-on-one -on -one clients now the whole macro tracking, how to calculate your macros, that's what this is really about. And I know we're already almost 15 minutes into this episode, but um, I thought it was important to just share with you guys the the process that I work with my one-on-one -on -one clients through um, because, you know, I understand not everyone can afford one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so I wanted to share with you guys what I do. Now, obviously, one-on-one -on -one coaching, a coach who's well-experienced is going to be able to um, help you specifically and change those macros and, and encourage you and, and hold you accountable to what you're doing. Um, it's tough to do it on your own. I've, I've done it on my own and it's really tough to stick with things and hold yourself accountable. That's what coaches really are for. Um, but I'm not a coach who's going to kind of hide what I do and just be like, Oh no, you have to join my program to know what I do. No, I'm going to share with you exactly what I do. Um, because I know that my one-on-one -on -one coaching is valuable because I can, I, I, can apply what I've learned to those clients. And so, um, but I, like I said, if people can't afford it, I want to be able to share with you what the process is. And so some people, you know, think, okay, I'm going to check out this online calculator. I'm going to download this online calculator. And it says that all I have to do is put in my activity level. I need to put my weight in my height in and um, basically maybe maybe some of them have how many steps you you get in per day and you put in that information blah 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 and then it comes up with this random number and it's like okay here's your macros eat this much protein this much carbs this much fats because you put it in this calculator and and then some people are like okay well I'm gonna I'm gonna test this one out I've had some people do this I'm gonna test this one out and then I'm gonna go see how close it comes to another online calculator and so they use another online calculator and it gives them a totally different number and then <laughs> they decide to ask a coach who's offering and trust me I've done this before in the past I've offered one-time macro calculations um, because that's what people want right and I want to be able to get give them a good baseline but I always let them know that these numbers will change but a lot of coaches do that a lot of online coaches will be like yeah I'll give you a one-time macro macro calculation um, I stopped doing that because it wasn't helping anybody a one-time macro calculation a macro calculator is not going to help you reach your weight loss goals because you have to know that a one-time macro adjustment is not going to 
work for you forever. It's going to need to be tweaked. It's going to need to be adjusted probably monthly, if not more than monthly. And so depending on your adherence, right? It depends on your adherence to those macros. Um, it depends on you know, how quickly you're reaching your goals or whatever the case may be, your activity level. Maybe you start to increase your activity level. Maybe you start to put on more muscle. Maybe you're starting to experience more hunger. Like so many things are, are, are important to take into account when making macro adjustments. Um, so this is why it's really, it's, I, it's highly encouraged to hire a coach who's experienced in that because if you're just tracking your macros based off of, an online calculator, you're going to have a hard time knowing when to make those adjustments because your app's not going to know what your what your daily life is. It's not going to ask you, oh, are you under stress? Oh, how's your digestion? Oh, how's your mood? How's your, sh-? you know, all of these things that are super important to know when it comes to tracking macros. Now, you may be listening to this and be like, okay, well, then forget macro tracking. I'm just going to go try something else. But I, I want to encourage you to just be mindful. And so I'm going to go over how I calculate macros and when to make adjustments and how to do that. Okay. And so I actually have a guide, a free guide. Um, if you're listening, I'll put it in the show notes and you can download it. <clears throat> um, and it work, walks you through how to do this. It walks you through this process on what I'm going to share with you. So that way you can do it on your own. Um, and shoot me a message and I'll be happy to see if you, you know, answer any questions that you have when it comes to, um, calculating your own macros. Um, I'd be happy to help you. Um, and if you're not a part of my newsletter, I'm always sharing help, helpful tips, nutrition tips for free as well. And so I'll link that in the show notes as well. Um, but all right, let's get into it. How to calculate your own macros and when to make adjustments. So that way you don't have to rely on a dang nutrition calculator, okay? <laughs> because um, those things, like I said, they don't take into account really anything that is important, like your diet history. That's another important thing to take in note. So um, so I'm not going to go over what macros are. That's another podcast for another day. If you're not sure what macros are, I'm just going to briefly say, okay, macros are the macronutrients, the, the nutrients in larger forms that your body needs to essentially survive. So we need protein, carbs, fats. Those are our macros. Okay. We'll go over alcohol once again on another day. Alcohol is like that, like that hidden macronutrient, but for the most part, all you need to know is protein, carbs, and fats are what make up macros, ma- your macronutrients, what make what make up all food, okay? And those protein, carbs, and fats um, all account for calories. Protein, one gram of protein equals four calories. Um, one gram of carbs also equals four calories and one gram of fats equals nine calories. So that's how it kind of comes up with your calories. If you're ever tracking your food and you're like, wait, I only did two grams of fat and it's twice the amount, (laughs) if not more than two grams of carbs. That's because fats do take up more calories. Now that doesn't mean that fats make you fat. Fats are actually very important. And I said, I wasn't going to go into macros, but you know, I just get on these tangents. Um, but Um, All macros are essential for um, our body to work properly. Now, some might argue that carbs are not essential. While, yes, you can survive without carbs, you will not be a very happy camper without those. Those are our body's preferred energy source. So if you're a highly active individual, eat your carbs and do not be afraid of them. So, and then of course, as we all know, protein is key. Make sure you're eating plenty of protein and we'll go over that as well. So, Before you calculate anything, before you even think about tracking your food or 
tracking your macros or calculating a dang thing. Don't even listening to, listen to the rest of this podcast until you listen to this and you um, make sure that you take this little quiz that I have in the in the in the um, in the guide. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, number one is: Have you had an unhealthy relationship with tracking your macros in the past? Okay. And so if you have, that's I I have I definitely have in the past as well. Um, it's not a bad thing because that's usually that all or nothing mentality that we struggle with, right? It's the, okay, I have to hit these numbers perfectly or else I'm a failure. And that could be just a mindset shift that you need to make before, before starting to calculate. Um, just be honest with yourself. Have you had an unhealthy relationship with tracking your macros in the past? Have you had that all or nothing obsessive mentality? And it just takes that little mindset shift that like, okay, I don't need to hit these numbers perfectly. I'm just tracking to be aware of how much I'm consuming. And I need to be aware without judgment. I need to be aware of my starting point, my starting point in order to make progress towards my goal. And so you've got to remind yourself of that when you're tracking your food. It's not an all or nothing thing. It's not about perfection, hitting those numbers spot on. It's just about simply being aware of what you ate that day. Yes, there's markers, there's ranges, I should say, that you should want to hit. So if you have specific targets like a protein goal, just know that there's a range with protein. Calories, there's a range. Macros, these calculations are not 100% accurate. There's no way to ever, (laughs) there's no way to ever calculate 100% macro calculations. There's just absolutely no way because on average, your body, you're, you're moving your body, probably not, you're not doing the exact same thing every single day. So you may not be burning as many calories some days as you are the other day. Just know that this is all an estimation. Okay. So it's already all, not perfect. So <laughs> keep that in mind um, that there is no all or nothing perfect spot on numbers. There's just ranges. Okay. And this is all just an estimate to help you get work towards the right direction. Okay. And so it's the best as- estimate. It's the best way to estimate your way to your goals because it's it's just making you more aware, um, but it's not 100% accurate. Okay. So Next question is, do you have a history of eating disorders or a poor relationship with food? Now, this is a big one. No, obviously, I'm no therapist. And so that is why if you do, and if you haven't worked with someone professionally on any sort of eating disorder, eating disorders, (coughs) um, and they've gone undiagnosed, or you've even been diagnosed, always work with a therapist on... um, on healing that, on um, just overcoming that eating disorder and working through that in order to track macros because this can, it is known to, um, in some circumstances, trigger the past eating disorders even if you haven't gotten over it. Um, So just know that if you have that all or nothing mentality and you have an eating disorder of any type, make sure you're getting that taken care of first before even trying to diet in any sort of diet. And I know that might be tough to hear, especially if your goals are to lose weight, you just want to see that scale drop. You have to heal your relationship with food first. You have to have a good relationship or even a neutral relationship with food. You cannot have a binge eating disorder, anorexia, um, anything like that. 
is important to take be taken care of before trying to change your physique in any way change your um you know try to lose weight try to whatever the case may be like you have to have that neutral like you have to have a good relationship with food um if if you want to make this long term so work on that and there's there's plenty of ways to work on healing your relationship with food i found because i have a history of binge eating um and i've had poor relationship with food and finally i'm proud to say i've gotten to a point where i don't look at food and think like oh my gosh i have to eat that you know (laughs) like or or after a stressful day i needed to just binge and eat a bunch of food you know like i've gotten to a point where i've gotten over that um i remember even thinking i think i've talked about this on the podcast before Get going out with to eat with friends and like thinking like wow you grab a to go box like wow I wish I could I wish my body knew when to stop eating even I know when I'm full but I had a point where I like didn't know when to stop eating um, and so that's really why I had to take a step back on dieting so much on my you know obsessing over my physique and really just focus more on healing my my relationship with myself not totally like just tossing out my health and fitness goals but I had to take a step back from wanting to see that scale drop and being okay with my body as it is fueling it properly but also looking at food from a neutral standpoint and being okay with you know just maintaining the weight that I'm at and not wanting to make those physique changes um so it's if you ever heard the term um you can have it all but you can't have it all at once I had to just really realize that like you know yes I can have, you know, I I can have abs. (laughs) There was a point in my life where I had abs. I had an amazing physique that I was so proud of, but I didn't have that unhealthy. I had an, I did have an unhealthy relationship with food. And then, you know, I got to a point where I said, okay, you know, I want to have that balance. I want to have a balanced lifestyle. So I had to, I had to be okay with not having abs. And so just kind of remind yourself of that. Like what is most important to you right now? Now I'm not saying that you have to stay incredibly overweight. Um, if you're, you know, if, if you're working on healing your relationship with food, I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I am saying that if you're chronically dieting and you want to, and and you're, and you have a really awful relationship with food and you're sick of binge eating, you have to focus on one thing, really dial in on that. And then you can move to the next thing. And so that's, doesn't go to show like, um, I was talking to my husband and I think right now I I've actually started to slowly incorporate tracking my food back into my life. Um, because I was kind of just going off like not really off the deep end, but, um, I, my husband and I were eating out a little bit more often. Um, I probably wasn't paying attention to how much protein I was consuming as much. And so I have slowly started incorporating tracking back into my routine just to make sure I'm getting enough protein. Now I'm not focusing on fats or carbs right now. I'm just focusing on protein. Um, and then I'm going to slowly start to pay more attention to my calorie intake throughout the, throughout the, throughout the, uh, winter throughout the holidays, just to make sure I'm not incredibly over consuming. I am just trying to maintain, still hit my protein goal. Um, but not beat myself up if if I'm not perfect. Right. Um, but just to maintain throughout these holidays, just to make sure that I'm making those mindful choices, um, still hitting my protein and building strength throughout the holidays. And then, um, probably come January, February, depending on where my maintenance calories are at and where I'm at, um, um, life-wise, 
uh, I will most likely go into a cut and start to shed some body fat. So, you know, I'm never, I'm, I'm not somebody who's going to say, you know, I'm never going to go into a fat loss phase again. Like you can definitely get to that point, but you have to heal your relationship with food first. So this is long and winded. <laughs> um, and then the next question I have is, are you in a stressful season of life? Now, this is important to take note of. If you are, you know, starting up a new business, <laughs> that's something that I've, you know, had to had to open my eyes to too, as well is like, okay, I'm working on my business, I'm building a business, and so, yeah, maybe I can't be the best at CrossFit. I can't compete in a bunch of CrossFit competitions if I need to f- focus on my business and focus on my family, like, really got to prioritize myself. Um, what other stressors do you have in life? Are you currently going through just a lot at work? Are you currently going through a lot with family? Did you just have a baby like do you have a lot of stressors going on you know this this season of life and if you are really focus I'm not saying you have to give up on your fat loss goals but really focus on minimizing that stress that's why we focus on the foundation at the in the first phase that's why we are not stressing so much about macros in the first phase it's more about hitting those hitting your protein goal um getting outside practicing mindfulness all of these things that help with reducing those stressors and so um in the packet that I will be sharing with you um, it says, if you answered yes to any of these, these questions, you may want to start off with one of the option, these options before you track your macros. And so these are the options that I suggest if you're not quite ready to track your macros. Um, you can start off with portion control. Now, this is just simply um, aiming for a palm-sized portion of protein. You can aim for a, I think it's a thumb-sized portion of fats, um, a fist-sized portion of greens, of veggies, um, and then an, I think it's another fist or half of your plate or something full, or a quarter of your plate, excuse me, of starchy carbs. Um, I'll have to find the, the little graphic there for you, but you can definitely start off with that. Like every meal, try to aim for um, at least that palm-sized portion of, of protein. And make sure half of your plate is full of veggies or fruits. And just start there. Make sure you're just practicing that portion control and try not to get, you know, more than one serving per meal and things like that. Um, You can start off with taking pictures. That's something that I do with a few of my clients is I have them take photos. And we do still practice that portion control, but I hold them accountable to that. Um, Something you can do if you don't have a coach is you can still take pictures um, and just use it more of like a food diary. Like, okay, I took a picture of my meals and now I'm going to log or write down how I feel how I felt. And that's the next option is that food diary is just writing things down, not necessarily the calories in it, but what you ate and how it made you feel. Did you feel bloated after it? Did you feel super energized after it? Um, And that's another thing that you can do. Um, You can practice that mindful eating. Now you guys know me, I highly encourage tracking your food before you get to a point of mindful eating because tracking your food teaches you what is in your food in order for you to be prepared for mindful eating. Mindful eating is more of, I guess the better term to use is educated eating. Like you're mindful because you have learned what is what food serves you, what is in your food and how it's helping you reach a specific goal. So um, that's mindful eating. Um, you can do options. What I recommend um, for most people, they don't need to track all all macros. They don't need to track protein, carbs, and fats. Um, I usually start them off with just tracking protein and calories or protein calories and fiber that's a great option to do if you don't want to track all four macros or yeah all three macros sorry um 
eat primarily whole foods, so aim for that 80-20 rule, uh, rule of 80% um, whole foods. So whole foods is single ingredient foods. So, um, you know, usually what we recommend as nutrition coaches is shopping on the outskirts of um, the grocery store because most of the inner aisles are processed foods. So aim for majority of your foods coming from that outskirt of the grocery um, grocery store, like of course the produce aisle, um, the meats, things like that, that are um, primarily whole foods and then less processed foods. So take a look at your, your daily nutrition log or whatever you're eating throughout the day. How much are you eating those processed um, aisle? <laughs> In, I'm not saying those foods are bad, but um, you can definitely see a lot of progress, especially a lot of inflammation lost by eating just more primarily whole foods. Um, another thing that you can do is just write out, write down a meal plan. Sit down and just write out a list of what you're going to eat for the week and just plan it out. Um, food swaps. So making those simple food swaps. Don't change so much about what you're going to eat. This is what I love to do for my clients is suggest um, just different food swaps to make like <laughs> excuse me, like for instance, um, I actually have a little graphic I'll have to find, um, <clears throat> but for instance, pasta. I usually suggest doing either zucchini noodles or the protein pasta, the bonza pasta. It's still a little bit higher in carbs, but it is higher in fiber and in protein. Um, and then you could do, for instance, cottage cheese is one of my favorite food swaps right now um, instead uh, in place of like alfredo sauce i've actually made i actually have it in my recipes um i have uh, i use cottage cheese to make my own alfredo sauce and it's very high in protein so just making those little food swaps um making a couple changes that uh, to your diet that you already eat that you're already doing um and that can definitely make it a little bit easier so all right now let's get into time to calculate let me grab a drink of water because this has been a long, this is a longer podcast than I had planned, but this is a good one. <laughs> I really hope it's informative for you. So, uh, all right, that was much needed. My voice was getting hoarse. Um, anyways, time to calculate your macros. So first things first is what is your goal? That's the first thing you need to know. What is your goal? Is it fat loss? Do you want to lose body fat and tone up? Do you want to maintain the weight that you're at and maybe have a body composition change so you're okay with the weight that you're, on, you're at, but maybe you want to see a more leaner physique? Um, or do you want to put on muscle and put on strength? <coughs> it's important to know what those goals are, what your, what your goal is as of right now, in order to make that, in order to make those adjustments, to make, to calculate your macros. Um, and so... Before you use this formula, you need to know where your starting point is. So step two is tracking what you're currently consuming. So this is important. Do not skip this step. And don't, don't try to fake it around just because you're tracking your food and now that you're being aware of it. Be honest with yourself. Start tracking what you're currently eating. So if you're during the week... You usually go hop, go stop at McDonald's for lunch or whatever. Like, just be aware. Now, this is important. Do not judge yourself. Um, we've got to just take into account. Okay, what it, what is my current? Where's my starting point? What does my current diet look like? Um, also, take into account like what your diet has looked like for the past month, two months, six months. Like, just kind of be aware of that. All right. But this is a good point. Is track at least five days 
of your week. One of those days should be on the weekends because we all know that our diet doesn't look the same on the weekends as it does on the weekdays, right? So track one of those days on the weekends. And um, you don't have to hit any specific numbers or anything like that. I just want you to track what you're currently doing. Now, five days of that, you're going to determine the average, okay? So step three, after you've tracked for five days, you're going to determine your average. So say Monday, you hit 1,500 calories. Wednesday, you only ate 1,100 calories. Thursday, you ate 1,700 calories. Friday, you went up a little bit, 2,500 calories. And Saturday, you ate 4,000 calories. <laughs> now, if this is pretty normal for you, um, totally okay. Don't judge yourself, right? But your total weekly calories came out to 10,800 calories. <coughs> your weekly average came out to about, so you, what you would do is, of course, you add all of the, all five days divided by five to find out what the average was, uh, 2,100 calories per day, all right? And so that's basically the average of what you're currently eating, which isn't a bad, bad average, so just keep that in mind. <coughs> now, your turn. I have a little spot in the pamphlet where you will do that for yourself. Um, step four is time to determine your total daily energy expenditure. So each of us have a set amount of calories that we typically burn throughout the day. And that is calculated by your activity level. So this is what that calculator online kind of gives you, but it doesn't take into account what you're currently at. Okay. And so what, so if you are a very sedentary person, so if you're really not getting very much movement in, you're a couch potato, you have a desk job, um, you would be considered sedentary. You don't exercise at all. Now, lightly active is somebody who gets some decent movement in, maybe makes it to the gym once or twice a week. That would be considered lightly active. If you're moderately active, I would say you have a moderately active job, so maybe you're standing more often, um, and you work out maybe three to five days per week. That's moderately active. And if you are a very active person, you are probably a server or a contractor or something that you're always moving at work. Plus, you um, plus you are also working it in the gym. You go to the gym very, very often, um, maybe five to six, maybe even seven days a week, which I don't recommend. Um, <laughs> I would consider you very active, okay? Now, what you will do with that is in the pamphlet, if you are sedentary, you would multiply your current weight right now to by, excuse me, if you are a sedentary person, 10 to 11. So depending on, you know, you should know yourself, you should know your range. If you are absolutely super sedentary, do not move really at all. That would be 10. 11 would be like, okay, you get up every once in a while, maybe you'll go for a little walk, but not too much, you're 11, okay? <laughs> if you are lightly active, um, you would multiply your weight by 12 to 14. So it's dependent on you, 12, 13, or 14, depending on how active you are. Moderately active, 14 to 16, and very active, you would multiply your current weight by 16 to 18. So an example would be, I work out, <coughs> excuse me, I work out four to five days per week and average around 7,000 steps per day. So I get up and kind of move, but I work a pretty sedentary job. So I considered myself lightly active. 
and so I multiplied my current weight, which is 155, by 14, and that brought it out to 2,170 calories, and that is my total daily energy expenditure. That's how many calories on average, remember this is all an estimate, on average, um, how much I burn each day, okay? Now, <coughs> um, excuse me, now I'm going to compare my calculations, my total daily energy expenditure, to what my average was of the week, which, which came out to pretty dang close. I was, um, my average is 2,160, and my total daily energy expenditure was 2,170, so I was pretty dang close. And so you can kind of test yourself out if you are very under, if you are incredibly below your TDEE. I highly encourage you to slowly work your way up to that TDE, to, to that maintenance, okay? Before you try anything, before you try to decrease your calories or anything, you need to work your way up to that maintenance. And you most likely need to stay there for probably at least a month or two just to let your body heal because you've been under eating for a long period of time. So if your TDEE is around 2000 and you've only been eating on average one to maybe maybe 1200 calories per day, you've got to let your body heal itself, your, your metabolism heal itself, and you've got to work those calories up to your maintenance. Stay there for a little while. I for some longer is better than better than shorter. Um, if you want to really pr prime your body and prepare it for fat loss, um, I would say, like I said, probably three months, um, one month to three months, depending on how long you've ate that little. Um, it, it is all very dependent on the person. So just know that this is just, I'm just giving you guys a broad um, explanation on how to do this, but it's definitely tough to share this with everyone because I don't know where you're at. I don't know how long you've been under eating, but you've got to eat at maintenance calories for a long time if you have been under eating for a long time. <coughs> so anyways, compare it to your average. If you are over your TDEE, if you are over consuming, um, which I see pretty rarely, honestly. Um, but if you are over consuming, you can go ahead and set it at that maintenance at that TDEE, what you calculated, set your calories there. Um, and that would be a good starting point. And so you'll start to see, um, and I would stay there and then you can also start to decrease depending on, but your metabolism's ready. You've been over consuming, your metabolism's ready for fat loss. <coughs> so um, anyways, so if I, so depending on the goal that I chose, if my goals were fat loss, and since I've been pretty much eating on average what my TDEE is, my body's most likely ready for fat loss. And so then I can do, um, the next step, which would be subtract 500 calories from my TDEE. So if I'm ready for a fat loss phase, if my body is ready and I'm in a good space, I'm good mentally, physically, all of the above, I would subtract 500 from 2,170. All right? Subtract 500. That's what you do when you're in a deficit. I highly encourage you not to go anything less than that um, if you want sustainable weight loss. If you're trying to go for quick fixes, it's not going to be sustainable. You got to, I would say 500 is a decent amount and you will see great progress with 500 calorie deficit. 
If you want to maintain the weight that you're at, you'll just stay at those calories, your TDEE, total daily energy expenditure. You would need to consume the same amount of calories that you're burning. If you want to bulk up, you want to put on muscle um, <laughs> and you want to gain a little bit of weight, then you would add, I usually try to increase no more than 200 at first um, to increase weight slowly. Um, keep in mind that building muscle, the more that you've done this, the more that you've lift, weight, weight lifted and um, have been in the game, the difficult, the harder it is to build muscle. But if you're just getting started um, and you've been doing this for a short period of time and you want to put on muscle, um, you really just need to start with your maintenance calories and you can slowly work your way up a little bit, little by little as your appetite increases. Um, but if you're trying to bulk up, then you can increase your calories um, by 200, two to 500 calories, depending on um, your activity level, how much you're lifting, all of that, your hunger levels, things like that. But you have some wiggle room. Um, and so that's where you'll start to, you'll calculate yours, um, depending on what your goals are. And then the next step is to calculate your protein goal. <clears throat> and so protein for most people, if you have an ideal goal body weight, I don't love to use this term, but this has just been the simplest way to explain it. Um, say you are, you, you, maybe you were at a healthier weight that you want to be at again. Um, you can use that weight, but if you're not comfortable with setting a goal weight, you can also multiply your current weight by 0.7, and that's a good estimation of what your protein goal should be. But if you have a goal weight, like a say you have a specific number in your head, you can multiply that goal weight by one, and that will be how much protein you need to consume. So for me, I'm okay with the weight that I'm at, 155 pounds, and so I consume 155 grams of protein per day. Okay, you do have wiggle room though. You can you can consume. Um, from 0.7 to 1.2 grams of your current body weight um, in protein. So you have that wiggle room, um, you know, you don't have to consume a whole ton, like you don't have to hit it perfectly in order to get the benefits. Ranges from 0.7 to, um, sorry, I have 0 0.08, 0.7, excuse me, to <coughs> uh, 1.2. So, times your goal body weight. <clears throat> now, that's how much protein you need to be consuming. How much protein, how much carbs and fats. Now, for the sake of the length of this podcast episode, I'm just going to go over fiber. Um, but I would encourage you to look over the guide if you are interested in calculating your fats and your carbs. Um, for a majority of the population, like I said... <laughs> Unless you have insulin resistance, so you're um, maybe a pre-diabetic or you have PCOS or any sort of hormonal imbalances, I highly encourage, now I'm not a doctor, but I do highly encourage a higher fat diet for those individuals, lower carb. If you are an athlete and you are very highly active, I encourage you to prioritize more carbs. But for most people, and most people listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're kind of just more on um, the fence of just wanting to live a healthier lifestyle. Once again, if you have any sort of underlying conditions like prediabetes, things like that, I do encourage you to go for a higher fat diet, less sugars, things like that. But 
we really want to just mainly focus on that protein. Protein and fiber. Fiber is also very important to start to pay attention to. Um, I didn't pay attention to it at, when I first started tracking my macros and I was always starving. Um, but fiber is so great for digestion. Um, it's great for satiety, so it keeps you f- a lot feel a lot more full for a longer period of time. Um, and <clears throat> uh, just overall gut health benefits and uh, just makes it so much easier to reach your goals when you're hitting your fiber goals. So for fiber, um, this is on average, but for most females, um, fiber, I usually recommend aiming for 25 to 30 grams of fiber per day. For men, it's around 35 to 40 grams of fiber per day. So that's on average. Um, just definitely try to pay attention to that. Most, most Americans aren't getting in anywhere near 20 grams of fiber. So it's, it's going to be something that you got to just be a little bit more mindful of. Um, fruits and vegetables are great fiber sources. So keep that in mind, but how to know when to make adjustments to your fiber goal, or I'm sorry, your fiber goal, your macros. So I'm going to need some more water for this part. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. All right. Because Macros are not a one-time calculation, and I know this is frustrating, and I've seen people come to me and they're like, oh, I just want to, oh, my macros, my coach back when I worked with them in 2017 had these macros set for me, so I'm just using those, and I just am like, no, <laughs> you're, you're a totally different person than 2017. You're a totally different person than a year ago. Your macros are ever changing. Your macros are going to change because your life changes, your goals change, your body changes. So keep in mind that a one-time macro adjustment is not the end-all be-all. It's going to change as you change because the macros are based off of your energy, right? The amount of calories you're burning or the amount of calories you're consuming. And so if you're moving a lot more than you did last year, if you've lost weight, then or gained weight or put on muscle your macros are going to be different than they are last year and so you've got to keep that in mind when you're going back to those old macro calculations you are going to make adjust you have to make adjustments in order to continue to make progress and so if you're not seeing any changes and you've been adhering to these macros that means you're tracking your food accurately you're weighing out your portions most of the time um, you're using a food scale all of those things are important to note. You're tracking your BLTs, your bikes, licks, bikes, licks, licks and tastes, right? <laughs> you're tracking all of that and you're being honest with yourself and you're still not seeing any progress. Then you can start to make adjustments, okay? But also take note of your, um, take note of your photos. So maybe you're not seeing changes on the scale, but are your photos changing? Do your clothes fit better? Is your energy levels better? Are you gaining strength in the gym? How's your quality of sleep? Um, Look at your food choices. Are they primarily nutrient dense or are they mostly processed? Are you getting in that intentional movement? Like before you make adjustments for my clients, the last thing I do is adjust their macros. I usually encourage them to make adjustments to their routine or maybe increase their steps or maybe start to pay attention to those food choices, things like that. Um, but if they truly are not seeing any changes after one to two weeks, then we start to make adjustments. And so (laughs) what I do with them is, 
I encourage them to either decrease a little, like for instance, if they're not seeing the, the calories, I barely decrease by maybe another um, 100 calories. Um, and I usually pull from carbs is what I usually do. But depending on the person, I never pull from protein. So never drop your protein. Your protein will always stay the same. Um, but uh, um, that's the adjustment that I typically make if they aren't seeing progress. Now, once again, once you get to that second phase, the end of it, you reach your goal weight, then you will um, want to still prioritize that protein as always. And then you're going to, so you're going to already be in a deficit. So a 500 calorie deficit, you're going to want to make increases slowly. So that way you don't put on weight. So maintain your weight during this time, maintain taking your weight, right? Um, so you'll lose the weight and you're tracking your food and say maybe your deficit is at 1700 calories. And so the next week you'll increase by a hundred. So slowly, right? You'll increase by maybe a hundred calories. And so, and see if you maintain that weight. If you're maintaining, that's a good thing, right? That's how you come out of reverse. And then the next week we'll slowly increase again by maybe another hundred calories. And then maintain how we're doing, feeling good, cool. Maintaining the weight, we're gaining some strength. And then the next week will slowly increase back until you get to that t original TDEE or maybe you calculate your TDEE over again based off of your now weight. So um, <clears throat> I hope I didn't get too complicated or confuse you too much in this one. Um, I do have that guide, like I said, in the show notes. I wanted to share that with you, especially as we're going into the holidays. Now is a really great time to eat your calories at maintenance um, so that we have a little bit of wiggle room. A lot of people are not eating nowhere near enough throughout the day, throughout the week. And the holidays are a great time to focus on just eating enough, getting your metabolism ready for fat loss. I would say the holidays aren't the best time to go into a fat loss phase because we're tempted with a lot of, well, there are a lot of temptations, right? Um, so it's a good time to prioritize muscle building, strength building, habit building, stress reducing, <laughs> or reducing stress. Um, this is really a great time to focus on that phase one, um, priming your metabolism, things like that. And so if you are interested in help with this, if you would like some help with priming your metabolism, really getting through the holidays, and even if you're ready to reach those long-term goals, um, reach out to me. I am accepting one-on-one -on -one clients as of right now. I will also link my application in the show notes, um, so that way, you know, we can get you, get you going and um, help you throughout this holiday season. This is the best time to have a coach um, if you are looking into investing into a coach to help support you, um, because I've gone through these holidays on my own many times <laughs> and it's always tough. You know, it's, it's really tough to hold yourself accountable when you have all of those temptations and all of those holiday parties and, you know, it's easy to let put your health and fitness on the back burner, but it's such a great time to, to take advantage of it because, you know, it's a good time to heal your relationship with food and not have that all or nothing mentality with food, um, but really utilize it. Utilize that food as energy this time of year. Utilize it for getting stronger in the gym and hitting new PRs, putting on muscle. Um, utilize this, this time, you know, so especially if you live here in Arizona, get outside. We've been trapped inside for the past forever. Um, if you don't live in Arizona, 
take advantage of just still getting outside, um, putting yourself in different new circumstances, healing the relationship with yourself, um, focusing on mindset, all of these things. I'm just going off, but um, this is such a great time of year to prioritize your health. Many people don't take advantage of it. Um, I encourage you to. So anyways, like I said, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, check the link in the show notes um, or download the How to Calculate Your Own Macros guide there for you. Um, but that's all I have for you today. Once again, if you have any questions about this episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to help you, um, even if it's just calculating your own macros as of right now. Um, if you want more individualized, like customized macros and help, like I said, that's where one-on-one coaching comes in. But I'm always here to answer questions. So anywho, have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy Monday and have a wonderful week. Bye guys.